Welcome to Brian Benwiz. I'm Jordan Jennison. Today our topic is the never-ending list and I have joining me Katie. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, if you could present yourself a bit, that would be awesome. Sure. So my name is Katie. Um, I've known Jordan for about three years. Um, I've worked with him um, and I have a background in health psychology. So I did an undergrad in kinesiology, but really kind of figured where my passion lied was in the promoting health. I really realized that in undergrad. So I actually went back to do a master's degree in health psychology. So I'm really interested in psychology, but specifically with, with in the context of health. Um, worked about 12 years in um, health policy, so at a government level. So I work full time, um, busy mom of two boys, uh, almost six and eight years old, uh, lovely husband. Um, yeah, that's me. Perfect. Excited to be here. Yeah. Okay, so for you, what is the goal of being on the podcast? Well, it's good for me to put myself out there. It's hard. I think it's good that, uh, um, that we're doing this. Um, you, you asked if I was willing to come. I think I'm super comfortable when it comes to public speaking in my career for example I have lots of confidence in that um, but I think for me you know this isn't necessarily super comfortable and I think that's good I think it's good to to come share your story have a good conversation um, for but also as a, as a means of personal growth you know we talk about how I've uh, ingested a lot of information I take it in I listen to podcasts I read books and maybe there comes a time where you take a chance and start Outputting. Outputting. I mean, discussions. I think that's what this is about. And yeah. It doesn't mean we're an expert at anything, but we have our experiences. And if if we can either, A, maybe potentially help someone else by our conversation or even come up with some brilliant ideas for our, our own growth, our own selves, then Yeah, this the is why we're doing this. Yeah. That, that's actually the goal. I think that's the description I wrote for the podcast. Perfect. <laughs> so we're bang on. We're bang on. <laughs> okay, let's get started then. All right. So uh, let's speak a bit about what we mean by the never-ending list. So the never-ending list, when it was presented to me uh, probably 10 years ago by uh, actually someone else who works in the spiritual energy field, and he said it to me, and it didn't click at the time, but he said, you know, your, your, your list is never going to end. And I, you know, I didn't really understand what he was talking about. Um, but really what it was all about was go, go, go. You finish one thing, you start the next thing. You've got anxiety about the next thing. And so you start the next thing and you never really give yourself the time and space to do anything because you're always kind of anxious about completing the next, next task. And so when he said to me at the time, you know, your, your list is never going to end. It started, it took me a while, but it started to bring more perspective into, I guess, why do I have a list? What purpose does it serve me? And how can I start removing myself from the compulsion to continue to check the boxes off the list? Okay. What about for you? What does it mean for you? So for me, there is two aspects to it. Uh, one of them is uh, being present aspect because having a list can be fine as long as you're still living in the moment. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if all you can focus is the past item and the future item and you have no presence in the now, well, number one, that's not good because you won't be able to perform. It's a bit like a rest, rest car driver. You have to focus on where you are at the moment, not mm-hmm. three turns ahead, you know, because mm-hmm. you're getting where you are really quickly. So it's a bit of that concept. So you have to be very present. And for me, the, uh, having a list that drives you instead of you driving the list means you're not in control at all of what's happening. That's the second part. You're not, you think you're in control, but it's a false sense of control because you're that prisoner in, in that list that dictates you how you're going to use your time, how you're going to use your resources and how you're going to use your brain and how to worry about everything except what is right in front of you that you have to do. Right, and, and how it really worrying about the list, which was what I was doing and not realizing, was sucking up a lot of my brain bandwidth because I wasn't even able to fully enjoy even completing a task without worrying then about the next one and even removing myself enough from it to ask myself, well, wh- why, why am I focusing so much on achieving, 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 achieving and not being okay just being? And, and also it's not, you don't get any joy out of it. It's not fulfilling you. And no. yet you're doing those things from the outside people are going to look and everybody's like, oh my God, this is awesome. But from the inside, it's, it's a never ending pit of, empty right <laughs> and you can toss as many tasks and as many success as you want in it and it just doesn't fill up ever which is what i had to learn the hard way which i think you know we all go through dips in our lives or valleys and and what they i guess if you take them as learning you're you know you're you have you're more apt to grow from them right um and for me you know 10 years ago when when he told me this kind of thought about it. I tried to work towards, you know, taking some time for myself. I still had a full crash, you know, years later. And it really wasn't probably until the full crash when I really started to unpack what, why, how um, to kind of get myself away from this compulsion to achieve. Uh, A lot of it, I think, has to do with uh, I'm sure it's wrapped up in so many things. I think in my experience, it's wrapped up in trying to be seen as something or be you know this 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 need for achievement and perfection and you you not being enough for yourself by yourself yes simple right and when you continue to try to check things off your list in hopes of not only probably impressing other people or feeling like other people feel that you're enough, but also, probably more so, so that you feel that you are worthy, that you've done something, that you've achieved something, so that you can move move forward. Yeah, so when, it's a bit like a, a spinning circle, you know, mm-hmm. of infinite. Once you're in it, it's really hard to break free of it, because the momentum of it means that you, you only have a tiny bit of happy once you have that check mark, but as soon as you, you hide that check mark in that box, it's gone. That moment is totally. gone. So, so it, it barely lasts. And so you don't find contentment in what you do. You find contentment barely at the end stage of saying that's done. And now you have that unending list of 
everything that's still there and that negates everything you've done. Because forever, you're quote-unquote losing to the amount of tasks you have to do. Right. Because there will always be more than less, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try. Then there's another aspect, I think, which is maybe not being comfortable in the space in between. Yeah. That was that, that, that's gonna bring That's going to bring the next question. Mm-hmm. So, why do you think we have a list? What purpose does it serve? And maybe it doesn't serve any purpose, mm. but we still have one because something. I think for a few reasons. I think, I think it, having one or not having one, I think di- different people will be maybe more kind of attached to one. Like I know my husband is not attached to one, for example, whereas I very much, I think it, a lot of it might be your past experiences, the way you're raised, how you received attention, for example. Um, so, you know, if you're someone who, who received a lot of attention when you achieved something, there could be kind of that rolled in, like that kind of psychology in there. And so it becomes a bit of, oh, well, I, you know, this felt good when I got that kind of attention for achieving X, Y, Z. And then it kind of then spreads out throughout everything you do. Um, but on the flip side, I also think that there is that list, at least in my case, was I think when you're not happy with the in-between, like you're not happy with yourself, it's a distraction. I think that, that yeah. it's a distraction. It's a good way not to focus on what's happening right, right now. Right. Because you can focus on what's out there, what's further along, right. what has been done, everything but right now. For me, one of the reasons to have that list is actually, there, there is, again, two, I like two. Uh, the number one is to escape from reality. Because yeah. then you can work in a reality where you have all the things to do, which brings you excuses not to do certain things, not to face certain hardship, not to do work on yourself. And also gives you, at the same time, the, the flip side of the coin, a reason why you are who you are. Mm-hmm. So, so you're feeding most likely your ego a bit with that. And as your ego grows, your list is going to get bigger because you, you can manage more and you can tell people, look at what I'm managing and this is how you, you get you know, the upside of it. And the more you do it, the less present you are. So the more mm-hmm. you are completely looking away from whatever is happening. So having it that way, for me, it's that, that, that is an important aspect of it. So I think it would be interesting to hear your perspective on when you say ego, like maybe explaining a little bit what you mean by that, because I know what I, what I think, but maybe some, okay. some people will think differently about what ego so is. So in this context, what I mean by ego, it's what you think of yourself and how important you think you are towards yourself. Uh, it is your sense of self-worth mm-hmm. for what it counts. And this is how you feel like it's being seen by others, which is rather important. Because you can have an ego, but you, you could also not care how people look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you have confidence. <laughs> or you can have an ego and not care what people think, but be oppressive about it. And then that's not confidence, that's uh, just being a jerk. 
So e ego encompasses a lot of good and a lot of bad. Uh, what I mean by that is really, you know, a, a bit of the narcissistic value within the ego of you looking at yourself and being me, I did that because I am X, Y, Z and you, you didn't, you know, mm -hmm. a, a bit of being on top of other, looking down. Mm -hmm. uh, that I feel like a list, especially in long term, like I'm not talking about, oh, I need to do this, this and that. And, you know, I have a big deadline in three months. I'm talking about lifetime long list where you can't do anything, where there is no reason to have one necessarily, you know, in, in what I would call the artifact of work or life. Uh, because there is always a reason to have one, even if you don't understand it, even if it's not in the present. But sometimes, to be efficient, you need to have a list. You need to do those are the three things, the four things, the five things that I need to get done. I need to get them done before March. It is important. Mm -hmm. That is being goal-driven. This is very different. What we're talking about is really a list that you don't even really put yourself together that comes and that manages you. You know, it's, it's back to the fact that the list controls you, not the other way around. And it could be, I think, in some cases, that your long-term list, like I'm going to be happy when I, you know, make this amount of money or I'm going to be happy when I get this car. Or I'm going to be happy when I buy this house. So there's that kind of list. And then there's also kind of more of a finite one, which in my experience as, as well, which was... I can't sit now because I have to vacuum the floor because there's dog hair on it and then after that I can't sit and relax because then I've got to do this and I've got to yeah. do this and I've got to do this. So there's the finite list and the kind of macro yeah. list as well. And I don't even necessarily think it matters what it is. It's just this, this idea of not being able to be in the present moment, to be with yourself, you know, be comfortable in who you are and not attach your... I don't even know if happiness is the, the right word, but... I have an example for that. Yeah, not attach your happiness to the, the accomplishments yeah. that you've clicked off on your list. So th there is another important distinction, and I use my own experience for that. So I love cars. I love driving fast cars. That's, as I was a kid, I love cars. And 10 years ago, through, you know, the work I was doing as a software developer, I was able to buy myself a car. That was a goal of mine. There wasn't a list behind. All I knew is that I want to buy myself a car that goes fast and etc. etc. that I can take on the track. Uh, and I did. And the few times where I wasn't having access to my car, whether it was, you know, for health reason or because the car was away, I was sad. I was genuinely sad not to have my car because I'm someone that likes that and that brings me joy. The least by definition that we talk about does not give you that thing right. that brings you joy. It's the it, car it, to get it, someone to see it, what kind of car yes, you're driving, not it, because it brings yeah. you joy. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, oh, I really want that and I'm going to enjoy it for a decade and that's awesome. And yeah. so whatever led to it, the task that I said myself, I will have to work that hard, I will have to do that many projects, I, I will have to achieve that, get that. But that was a, a goal, not for the object itself, but for the experience, mm -hmm. you know, which is very different. And once I had the car, you know my car, it's not flashy, it's black, it's not red, it's not yellow, and I drive it, and it doesn't look like anything, but it drives very well, and it's a nice car. And that's the thing, you could have 
the same list and at the end wanting, like you said, I want that car so people know that I have that car so I can mm -hmm. brag about what I've done to get that car. Mm -hmm. All I did is work and I got a car. Big whoop. I enjoy it. I'm happy. That's, that's, if there is a point to life at some point is finding those things that actually make you happy, that can make you happy for a decade is absolutely awesome. And to find that and get them is epic. You know, that's, right. that's, that's yeah. the thing. Because I think it's goals. I almost think that goal, so you know you love to drive, or I think of my husband, he loves, you know, boats and toys and side-by-sides and stuff like that. And so he's the same way. It's not because he cares about anyone else that sees it, it's he loves it. Yeah. And so I think that's a little bit different than, you know, just, I think that the list in the context of my own experience, I don't think at the time it was even to try to brag or consciously it wasn't bragging it was even my own self to reassure yourself reassuring myself so it wasn't because i cared about or at least on the surface i didn't wouldn't yeah. have realized that right like it was it was like okay well now i've got to do this and i've got to do this and i've got to do this and i was just chasing chasing and chasing and you know that it's hard to break that cycle i think the first was even realizing it and in my case, I was, you know, a lot of my upbringing is, you know, we're, we're workers. We're workers. We work, 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 work. And that's okay because there's a positive side to that too. You really get a lot done. You, you know, you achieve what you set out to achieve. You, you reach a certain level of success in terms of career, in terms of personal life. But it's finding that balance of yeah. allowing yourself that space and allowing yourself the space to relax and not feel guilt because the guilt I think that's something else we could talk about one in terms of when you start to realize that you have a list when you start to pull back and say why am I not allowing myself to stop and enjoy and be present and like you say not doesn't necessarily mean you put it away and you float through life but how can you have a list in a productive way how do you ask yourself the right questions how do you give yourself the the freedom, I guess, or the 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 ability to kind of stop and not move on to the next thing right away without yeah relaxing a bit, relaxing a, a bit, see where you are, right. take your pulse, right? Which for me was a really really hard thing to do, and it started small. So for me, it was oh oh yeah, hmm, I wonder, I wonder why I have this list or. Um, Asking myself, why don't I let myself just, you know, sit on the couch and read a book instead of looking around about what else needs to be done. This compulsion to not let myself relax, which was, you know, burnout causing. But yeah. Yeah. So we have the list that runs us instead of us running it for a goal. Uh, how do you stop it? As simple as that, because when you're in the middle of it, you know, it, it's a bit like falling down the hill and the hill is very steep. How do you stop the fall? <laughs> I think you said the right, something in the beginning, which is super true. So it's not that you can never get rid of a list. I think there's, there's a purpose for yeah. it, right? Goals, we have to get things done in our life. Um, I think it's a couple things. It's learning how to not be consumed by it. Like I know in my case, 
I couldn't live in the present moment. Even if I had 10 more things to do for the rest of the week, I would use all my brain bandwidth or like 90% of it thinking about those 10 things and not allowing myself the time and space to stop and do whatever I needed to do to feed my soul um, in order to kind of, you know, regain some bandwidth. So I think this goes back to this concept of, which will I'm sure creep up everywhere, but kind of living in the present moment, not foregoing life and responsibilities, but what do I have control over right now? What do I need right now? How do I compartmentalize? How do I not stress about the past and stress about what's next? And maybe thin it out a little bit too. Like, is this really important? So I gave you a concept a while back. Uh, It was protected time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I explain it, I explain it's a time where you should be, you know, in a place that for you is quiet. So it could have music or noise, or but something that for you match your definition of quiet and where you don't have outside interaction. So you're stuck with yourself. Mm-hmm. Protected time, which is time for you to work on you. Yep. You know, uh, and we talked a bit about that. And I know for you, it was a challenge Yes. Not just to find the, not to find an excuse to find the time was a challenge at first. Finding the time because, you know, family life, kids, work takes a lot of time. But my question to you is that the benefit for you, the benefit of the time you quote unquote expanded inside your own bubble to work on you. Do you feel like you've regained that on the other side? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I don't even think you could I I I think it's a good thing to share because anyone listening and they're like yes but that's going to take effort and time what do I get in return because you know you you won't necessarily be happy but you may regain bandwidth you may regain time and I think your experience on that would be really nice yeah and I think it's okay when your first I don't want to be cliche and say waking up but it is kind of cliche when yeah at least in my experience like I woke up like I woke up um it's uh it takes kind of some faith at the beginning to start and also vulnerability which is very hard for me and a lot of people um a willingness to try something to improve to with the ultimate goal of being happier and at, at more peace so yeah, it took some convincing for, for me and to, for myself to say, oh, you know, it's, and it could be as simple as, it's okay not to go and clean the dishes. You know, the kids are in bed. It's okay to sit, you know, with my husband and have a glass of wine or if I'm by myself, read a book and not worry about go, 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 next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. So it took, I think at the beginning, it was very, very deliberately kind of like okay I'm good nope I'm gonna force myself to, to to do this just to have just a quiet time or alone time and then I think the more you kind of start dipping your toe in that and realizing that the world didn't crumble around you you are not that important you're not that important and and that it's okay it's okay yeah. to you know, and I think then from there, it's got to be like little, little pieces because it's too, too overwhelming to say, especially because what I know now 
I couldn't explain to myself, you know, five years ago even, um, because you have to just kind of take it in stride and, and things yeah. open up. And, and I do believe as you kind of open up to certain concepts, certain things fall in your path and you, you know, whether it's a book that you read or a movie that you watch or a conversation that you have. So, yeah, the I mean, I think the advice or, or the first step is really just asking yourself, what what are the things I'm stressing about? So we use this concept of the list, um, whether it's like we, we macro or micro. What is it that I'm, uh, what's what's my chaos? What's what's the chaos for me? Is it serving me? Is it serving others? Why am I in this chaos? And even like writing it, I've never been a journaler, but I think for some people it's pretty cathartic to kind of write it out and say, you know, why am I, why can I not, you know, allow myself time to relax? Young mothers, like I don't think I've talked to any young mom who does not feel this way. There's this crazy sense of guilt to take time for yourself. Yeah, I remember we spoke about that and I told you in, in your context, you know, it was how do I deal with everything and deal with the kid when uh, your kid were having an attitude because you mm -hmm. were having an attitude, right? you know, and I remember when I was a kid, well, that was just horrible. I don't know how my mom survived me, but it goes back to the fact that I told you, well, if you, if you feel guilty, but take time for yourself and you calm down, the kids are also going to calm down Totally. because they're not going to match you as much. Yes. They're still going to be kids. They're still going to challenge you. They're still going to run into walls. I know I did. Yes. <laughs> but literally. It's, it's going to shift because you're going to bring that peace about you and they're going to sense that because we still have a, a very primal instinct into us. You know, when someone shows up, you can be like, I don't know why I don't like that person. There is something about me telling me when you when you sense when there is someone that you know and they come into the room and they don't tell you anything and you've known them for a few years, I can tell, OK, what's happening? I, I can sense you're anxious. I can sense like you, you seem tense, buddy. Like mm. what's going on? It's like. I, I can't even, okay, but you seem tense. Well, kids pick up on that with the parents mm -hmm. and vice versa. Except kids won't have the tools to chill out. <laughs> They'll keep oh running everywhere. But if as the parent, you know, you, you get to feel guilty about taking the time for yourself to ground, to feel more present, to be more at peace, then you show up like that. What happened to them? That's my question for you because you've seen it. Oh, I've seen it. So, um... Oh, the short answer is when my anxiety peaks, I can now literally see, especially in my oldest who has ADHD, but I, I can see the direct correlation between my husband and I's, you know, if we're stressed, overtired, overwhelmed, which happens all the time life. still. It's life. not it's life. I mean, we, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we see them totally kind of meet us where we are. And... Getting out of, especially, I mean, it was probably a whole other podcast about, you know, victimhood and parenting. I'm sure we could have so many discussions about, you know, kind of getting your head out of your own ass a little bit to say, you know, kids are kids and yeah. they're going to, they're going to express themselves, A, in the way you've taught them how to express themselves, in the way that you, they're going to handle their anxiety and emotions in the way you're handling your anxiety and emotions. And so the when I started to do work on myself, the more work I did on myself, the calmer my kids were. 
and I see it even now because I'd say, you know, the, 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 the ratio is definitely changing. Like I'm, whereas I used to be calling 20% of the time, maybe now it's like a 60 or a 70% and it still directly correlates. Like if I'm overwhelmed and I'm anxious and I'm, you know, this and that, all of a sudden I will see. And, and it's okay to have those experiences. The, the goal here is not to deny yourself the experience. No. That's really not what we're talking about, but it's to know that when you're having it, what you're having it, why you're having it, what is the source, what is the cause, and to let yourself process it. Because at the end of the day, if you have that lease going on and your kid is being, you know, obnoxious for whatever reason, that's just one more thing that you want to deal with. Right. And that's, Overwhelming. that's not fair to the kid. No. Because he has no idea. So I've helped a lot of mom that were feeling guilty about taking time for yes. themselves, not oh just God. you. It's an and epidemic. Every time I'm able to, to teach them a few things and break to that concept and they're like, Every, I, I've slept for the first time after four years. I'm like, what has changed? And they look at me and they're like, well, I'm just taking a bit of time for me. Yeah, and where was the impact? And that's what you described. And basically they told me, well, everything got easier. I'm like, would you look at that? You actually influence the people around you, including your kids. Oh, yeah. And by doing the, and, and you don't by think about it. By working on yourself. You, you know, when you're in the middle of it, and, and that's the challenge, because I'm always the outsider teaching different techniques, you know, for peacemaking with yourself, for... Uh, being calm, for being grounded, you know, mantras, etc. All, all that toolbox. And people don't realize it enough. And, and even to you, I had to say, do it for a month. I don't care that you don't yes. believe in any of it. <laughs> yes. Just do it for a month. Let's see the result. Let's be result-oriented and result-based. And I have people that also don't believe in what I do and they see result. You know, and what matters is that they see result. At the end of mm -hmm. the day. Uh, but that's the thing. We're all connected. So your list comes from your story, from your lineage, you know, from the spiritual line, from the DNA, from your parents, your, all of that. It's, it's the list comes from somewhere, whether it's good or bad. But if you have kids, it's almost like you're handing part of it to them okay. as you're going through it. And I know a lot of, I think it's so amazing. I'm actually reading this amazing book right now called The Conscious Parent. It's a really well-known one. Um, Shafali, I think Dr. Shafali is the, the author. And it's all about kind of, kind of that Eckhart Tolle style of teaching, of being in the present moment, and we're all here to learn. And if you don't kind of to learn a lesson, a lesson will show up again. But it, it puts it over, it overlays it with kids and, um, it's to bang on exactly what you're saying. It's like, you know, allowing yourself that even just working at it a little bit at the beginning enough to, it's almost like if you can give yourself that one extra second, if you can pull yourself back, just that one extra second to ask yourself the right questions. Why am I reacting? What is this triggering? Why am I, uh, you know, what all of these things, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect all the time because none of us will be, but it, gives you just that little bit of perspective that allows your ego to maybe quiet down a little bit. Because the way I define ego is, I think probably more that Eckhart Tolle kind of way where I do really truly believe that, you know, there is like our soul, you know, our soul or the true us is in there. And then you get conditioned and what does society want? And then you put these masks yeah. on and you do all this stuff. And, and so ego in the sense of 
we all have it. We're human, and we're going to have ego, and it, yeah. it, it's it, there's no way to, to get around it. But what can you do? What are the little changes you could do in your life to be able to acknowledge? Oh, that was a decision. I just did that. That's that was an ego driven kind of decision, and that's okay. Like not add more guilt, not you know. But wh- how do you take space and and start to yeah. start to just see things from a different perspective? So. For example, mom guilt. Oh my gosh, the list. If we go back to list and guilt. So if you're a young mom, and so for me, being physically active is very important. Well, you know, especially moms these days, it's like your kids have to, you know, there's so much pressure to be, you know, the perfect mother and all the great the activities and this and that and the homemade meals and, you know, no wheat, no gluten. Like, it's just, it, the list goes on. It could be so overwhelming. No sun. No, my gosh. Like, there's no just... Fu- no sun, no fun, no water, and, and, no and, air. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, you know, so I... It probably took me crashing to be able to really be serious about my growth, right? And I think for some people that happens. But um, what I realized was, okay, if I if I let go of the guilt and I take, you know, that hour that I need or I need to go for a run or I need to go to the gym or A, the world didn't fall apart. B, I felt more able to take on the stress because, like you say, whether it's meditation or exercise or reading a book or whatever it is that feeds your soul, you know, adding, I mean, you could think of it like this, adding it to your list as like little breaks. I mean, whatever also, it is. In that example, doing it for yourself and not doing it as an excuse to run away from something else. Right. Yes, we've talked about that. Because yes. I know sport, some people, they're like, oh, I'm going to the gym and that's how, you know, I do my work. I'm like, yes, but are you doing it because you're running away from the situation wherever that situation exists? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bring you anything. You're, you're just putting pause on the anxiety and the worry are actually going there because you're like, this is my time, I'm going to respect my time, and during my time, I shall do work on me, which are two different things. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because it's the exact same activity, but with such a different mindset that on one of them, you know you're going to process, you know your brain is going to be, okay, let's go in the backlog, let's start, and in the other one, you're just like, I'm not worrying, I'm not worrying, I'm not worrying, I'm not worrying, in a loop, and then you leave it, okay, now I can worry again, yeah. Right. Right, so the escapism. I mean, also, you could you could overlay on top of that. So let, let's use physical activity as the example or sport. Uh, you could also overlay on, are you doing it for the vanity of, you know, weight loss, weight... Ma- and vanity, I don't say that necessarily in a negative way, but are you do, what's the yeah. reason you're doing it? Are you doing this because, oh, I know I need to do this? I'm, it, then it becomes another piece on the list. Like, And then you feel guilty because you didn't work out or you've gained 10 pounds or whatever. I mean, I, my background is in health promotion, and I worked a lot, and you know, spent some time doing physical activity promotion, and it's like I love to change the dialogue around that to be about exactly what you said. Am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Because it's good for my mental health. Because it's you know, and okay, great. There's yeah, some side. Yeah. Hey, you great. And you want to stay healthy, heart healthy. And you that's, wanna, that's good stuff. Fine, but. It's, it's, yeah, it's changing the, yeah. the conversation around it and really asking yourself, why am I doing this and why? I know for me, it's really good for my mental health and it allows me to cope, it allows me to sleep better, it allows me to handle, you know, the kids better and work better, everything. Um, and so 
I have to be careful that physical activity also just isn't something I'm adding to my list that I'm going to feel guilty if I don't do it yeah. because I, de- I mean, I, that still happens. It's like, I know this is good for my soul. I know now that I need it and I have no more guilt taking the time. Also though, some days I don't feel like it and that's okay. That's and still a yeah, struggle. And, and we're still human. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, I was having a discussion yesterday with someone and she was telling me, I haven't done enough work lately on me. I'm like, and that's fine. Sometimes, mm-hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Sometimes you can't do it and then you regret not doing it. Well, start working on that piece. Mm-hmm. I regret not taking care of myself. Yeah, but you took care of other things. So, you know, life is not going to be smooth all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't get necessarily to choose all of the time when you protect your time and when you don't. And you have to be okay with that. I think it all boils down to we use the word list, we use the word guilt. It's... I think if we really peeled the onion back and peeled it back and peeled it back, like you said, it really comes down to what are we, why are we doing things? What are we, are we running from something? Where are we trying to gain confidence from or happiness, for example? Yeah. So for me, I literally had like the very kind of perfect and my, my husband and I laugh about this like we have a white picket fence like it's that it's that cliche but you know I could check things off my list and check and I love my husband I love my kids and I love my house and I liked my job and all these things and why am I still crashing and it was because I was continuing to know that you have all those things you need more and bigger things well no and it's funny because <laughs> I mean the, for me I mean it wasn't necessarily that I wanted more and bigger it's why am I still not happy because it was my own, yeah. I'm not, I, for some reason I needed to dig into my own self and figure out why am I not happy because all, it's not because anyone else is doing anything or, you know, it, it's, it's like, oh, Lordy, you get through all of your check boxes and then you have to start looking inside. That's the hard part. Yeah, no choice, no but option. It's, but it's like you can do it now or you can wait till you really crash and then do it and, you know. I mean, the sooner the better, but I think for some people, like for me, sometimes you just need to... You need to, to go in the... Because, so in your case, in your case, the thing was, you thought you were right about a lot of things you were doing. Because you were right about a lot of things you were doing. Mm-hmm. So that was reinforcing your sense of, I'm right and I know better. Mm-hmm. So it took you to be in a situation where you could not possibly be right. Mm-hmm and be faced by it to accept, you know, my input, for example, of let's change how you're doing things. Right. Because at that moment, you're like, okay, I, 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 uh, you know, your equation in your head that tells you when you're right didn't work anymore. No. So that puts everything into question. Like if you backtrace it, once you reach that point, if you backtrace it, you're like, how did I get that? How did I get that? How did I get there? How did I, and you're like, hmm. and suddenly you, you have, pile of poops everywhere <laughs> yeah. on the past and you're like well now you need to go back and clean all of that right and it's like you know that's where that vulnerability really comes into play which i'm not i'm so it's just the constant struggle like we've got you know we can have a whole other conversation about the power the Brene brown like it's as cliche and corny as it sounds like it's so true that power of vulnerability and i mean understanding things in yourself like i'm was always so defensive i'm still still something that's hard for me so so how do you get to a place where you 
you just make a commitment to yourself to to question even what you thought you were right about or you thought you know or or a certain behavior that you're exhibiting that you never even looked at in a different way you never yeah. you never even thought that the way you certain behavior that you were where does that come from where does it come from and can it come from something you're not even aware of and often it does right and then you start seeing the forest for the trees and then which we've talked about a lot is as you grow and as you kind of wake up a little bit and you're like oh man i was being a complete bitch or something <laughs> like that and you know whether it's to yourself or to someone else or and then not being consumed by the guilt of that and that's something like you've really helped with right it's like okay well you know you're going to continue to grow you're going to continue to look back it's great when you start waking up to certain things but then forgiving yourself forgiving others forgiving yourself forgiving others that's so important yeah. and so hard because otherwise you can be consumed that's, too that would be the subject of an entire episode but the importance of forgiving yourself because oh, yeah. we are taught to forgive others as kids you know you do something bad you say you're sorry and mm -hmm. so, so so we get that concept you know that is often taught you know whether at school by our parents you know community try to teach us that never to forgive yourself you know it's it, it's like you're gonna carry that burden with you forever now oh my gosh and we're never taught that it's okay we're human and you know you 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 do the best you can to say you're sorry and you know, sometimes you mean it, sometimes you don't mean it, and that's part of being human, and and you have to forgive yourself. And if you don't forgive yourself, then you, maybe the other person doesn't care it anymore, but you still do. And then if that happens while you're doing your list to try to be happy, it's just add more stuff to it. Oh, but, yeah. but that will be an entire episode on that. Right. Because that's, that's a big one. Right. But I think in the context of the list... Um, I think, yeah, the growth and the forget, yeah, that's a whole other subject, but in the context of the list, in the context of maybe starting to acknowledge or understand why you have one, what's on your list, and why it's on there, trying to kind of pull maybe things off that, or at least giving yourself space, or even if the list doesn't change, and you're like, no, you know, this is still my list, I've really had a look at it, and I've looked at what, you know, what I want to achieve, I've kind of pulse checked it with myself and said, you know, no, that's, that's legit. Even if it's that, and then still being able to give yourself time to relax, give yourself space between tasks. Like that's, that's amazing too. Like maybe even it's, it's, the list doesn't change. It's the How obsessing about, about it. the list changes. Yeah. That, that in of itself would be amazing. For me, I realized that I was filling my list because I, wasn't comfortable just being in my own I don't know being with myself yeah. I think you know and so getting up and being like oh I my poor husband like you know then he's quite happy you know being you know sitting and playing the guitar and enjoying the moment you know but I'm like oh well we have to do this and we have to do this and we have to do this and he's like oh can we not just relax and enjoy and really I couldn't like I really really couldn't and so so that's been such a growth for me um, to be able to actually pull things off. Like, is that really important? Is that really important? But even if someone listening kind of doesn't have that issue, it's just, no, I don't, these things really are my goals. I think there's still benefit in stopping and pausing it between. It goes back to me and the car. You know, I right. had to do certain things to get the car, and the car was 
an, a real happy objective, not just a check mark for going to the next. Because after that, I didn't really have a check mark necessarily. Right. Like, you know, yes, you know, apartment and food, and, but when you go on the joyful side of happiness and you know a bit materialistic for me that, that that's that that's that yeah. object right that thing but for the right reasons yeah right yeah because it's not like you say the more intrinsically motivated we can get the happy i believe the yeah. happier we can, we are and and so if we are so for me i love fashion and style and it's not because i really care about what anyone else thinks my clothing looks like whatever but it's like an art for me it's something I've had an interesting discussion with an old colleague about she said it the best way she said it's just an interest it's like it's like you instead of painting on canvas you like putting outfits together it brings you joy and I've never once asked anybody's opinion about the clothing I wear I never asked my husband should I wear this or this because I'm intrinsically motivated yeah. it's for me whereas for some people you take the exact same example, yeah, and the they are way. doing it for other people. Yep. So, perfect example, car, you know, clothing or fashion. It's really just asking yourself, why and who am I doing this for and why? And starting to unpack that. And so, you know, that's a good first step. Good first step. <laughs> <laughs>